We're super excited to announce a partnership with a new company called Creepy Crate. They're a mail subscription service and they mail you boxes every other month. Inside these boxes are true crime goodies, horror movie collectibles, and other items that are exclusive to Creepy Crate that you can't find anywhere else. It's super awesome and it's a really great gift for yourself or that true crime fan in your life. If you use our promo code GODDAMN at their website, creepycrate.store, you'll receive $5 off your subscription. And they've been kind enough to give us a box to give away to one of our listeners. So if you leave us a review on iTunes, you'll be automatically entered to win the Creepy Crate. Don't worry, if you already reviewed us, you're already in the drawing. If you don't have an Apple device, you can create an iTunes account on your desktop and reviews from there. You have until November 30th to leave the review to be entered to win, and we'll announce a winner on December 2nd. May the odds be ever in your favor. God damn! Like, I'm not gonna fight with you about it, but also you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need you to know that you're wrong. <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, so welcome back to I Said Goddamn, a true crime podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is our super sweet podcast where we talk about fucked up shit and we make each other say, God damn. And the rest of the world say, God damn. Yeah, mostly just us at first, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the hard thing about a podcast, right? It's I don't like, know what people are actually saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, I do. Katie, my boss was listening to your one of your episodes where the one with the fucked up guy who, like, murdered children. Or the one fucked up guy. <laughs> who murdered children. I oh, yeah. specified a little better. <laughs> and my boss texted me, and she was like, every time that you said no <laughs> in response to Aaron's uh, story i was screaming no at my phone <laughs> so i do know what someone is saying and they're saying no <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> uh, so at least you know that one person oh wait actually this is a perfect time for quick shout outs on twitter first of all shout out to jer barton he tweeted at us that he started the podcast and he was digging it so fuck yeah hell yeah thanks for listening dude we dig you jer <laughs> you dig us, we dig you. That's how it works around here. <laughs> also, you know, this is Twitter, so I'm going off of people's Twitter's name. Chris's Crime Time Justice and Other Matters. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, what's up, Chris? Thanks for the love. All right, wait, there's one more. Actually, there's two more. <gasps> Judith. Oh, yeah, Judith. What's up, girl? Judith Saldivar. Ooh. Yeah, she started listening. She digs it, too. What's up, Judith? And then also... Obviously. It's April Day Renault. It's my sister-in-law. Yeah, it is. She's fucking awesome. Hey, she yeah. listened to us on her ride up to Anaheim. Poor soul. <laughs> she made my brother listen, too. Oh, good. He was stuck in the car with her. Okay. So they had to listen together. Ooh. But <laughs> those are the shout-outs. You guys are awesome. We love our listeners, and we love hearing from you. You guys are great. makes us feel like we're talking to somebody and not to just each other. I think we're going to get a request not to sing anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. But you know that that's how I live my life. Like Every goddamn Disney princess. Everything's a song and a little dance. Let's get this bitch started. Tell me your goddamn. Erin, <gasps> what's your goddamn for this week? Well, I don't have a good one prepared other than the fact that I had to take a little quick little emergency trip to the pediatrician's office this morning because my kid has hand, foot, and mouth disease. That is a solid goddamn. Yeah. That yeah, sucks. That was yeah. pretty unfortunate this morning. I took off his pants when he woke up, and he was just covered in a rash. And Aww. it's like the blistery rash, and they're all open and no, sad. No. Yeah. Oh, God. It's everywhere. Was I he so mad? Bad. Like, ouch, it hurts? Or is he just like, yeah, whatever, Mom? He was pissed, like, two days ago because he had a fever. And so I was just kind of keeping that down or whatever, and everything was fine. And then just this morning, he bust out in this horrible rash and just poor man yeah the rash doesn't seem to bother him though he's pretty all right with it and the fever broke like yesterday so he's oh, awesome he's fine but i don't ugh. remember if i read it or somebody told me because when you have a kid everybody tells you everything mm -hmm. but i think it was that when they're getting over the cold that's when the rash breaks out or some kids break out in a rash as they're getting over the cold that would make a lot of sense because that's yeah. pretty much exactly what happened so he's like he's cool he's doing his damn thing and 
running around, but he looks like a tiny ball of fucking like <laughs> leprosy. chicken pox. Yeah, <laughs> leprosy. He's Poor in, little man. Oh, it's so bad. And then well, we went to the doctor, and they're just like, yeah, it'll go away in like seven to ten days. And I'm like, Jesus. Bye. So yeah. he's just going to look awful. How many times did I go to the pediatrician or the doctor or even like urgent care, and they're just like, yep. That's what having a baby is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's I got so like sad. A antibiotic cream to put on his chin rash because well, he said good. that looked like it was a fungal thing or something. I don't know. Your baby's skin is falling off. Yeah, it is. It's just sloughing off. Are you sure that's not my baby? Yeah, right? <laughs> I don't know where he got sensitive skin from, but it's not me. It's probably just from hanging around me too much. Yeah. Well, it's okay. Your kid sneezes every time he goes in the sun because he's my kid. Yep. <laughs> they got swapped at birth. Yeah. Even though they clearly look like each of the fathers. Neither of our kids look like us. I know. What's up with that shit? We are just too much. At least they got our personalities. <sighs> yeah, you can tell. Anyway, um, Stacy, what's your goddamn... Well, oh, okay, so my goddamn actually happened the night after our last recording, and mm. I was like, I'm saving this shit for my goddamn for next week. So you know how last week it was raining? I do. And every week I come over in my PJs, because if we're doing this shit, I'm going to be comfy, which is why we never tweet pictures of us recording or anything, because we look like a hot mess. Oh, I thought you said hummus. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, speak for yourself. I don't look like peanut paste. <laughs> Did you say peanut paste? Yeah, I did. <laughs> what is it? Just nut paste? It's chickpeas. <laughs> I don't look like chickpea paste. You could have said pita paste. Ew. Like it goes on a pita. Anyway, pita. Yeah, I digress. <laughs> okay, so I was in my jammies. It was raining. Okay, I get home, and then I go inside, and Lee's sitting on the couch, and he's drunk, and he's like, hi, and smiles at me, and I'm like, hey, why are you awake? Because he's never awake when I get home, because mm -hmm. I get home at, like, midnight, <laughs> and he's like, I'm drunk, and I'm like, oh, you're having fun, so it's kind of nice to, like, sit up and talk for, like, five minutes before going in and getting Passing comfy, out. yeah, and going to bed, so he's like, oh, I'm gonna stay up a little bit, I'm like, okay, cool, I'm gonna go to the bathroom and go to bed. I didn't tell him that, but that's my process, right? <laughs> uh -huh. So I go into the bathroom and I notice that I have a, <laughs> I notice that I have a zit on my face. Uh -huh. And so I do what any grown ass adult would do in that scenario. And I climbed up into the sink to go pop the zit, <laughs> right? Because I had to get closer to the mirror so I could see what I was getting at, you know? And I felt something tickle my upper thigh on the right hand, on my right leg. No. Yeah. And <gasps> I was like, um the fuck is that and so i touched my leg to be like ooh, like maybe it's a rogue hair you know like i haven't shaved it in forever or something like that one hair uh -huh. and it was tickling and so i put my hand on my leg and i felt something under there and then whatever it was fucking bit my ass and what? it hurt really bad and i was like ooh, like i made a weird sound but i didn't want to wake up my kid so i did the most logical thing i could think of and i'm so proud of myself but i balled my fist up in my pants like i kept my hand on my leg and like kind of smushed the thing into my leg and balled my fist up so that i grabbed it the bug oh. into my pj pants and in my fist and then ripped your pants off in a fit of fury but i was sitting in the sink like a newborn baby child like all oh. curled up in the fetal position trying to pop the zit so i'm like fuck i'm not as young as i once was it's hard to get out of the sink out of this position <laughs> like my hips are popping shit hurts anyway i do get out of the sink and i rip my pants off and i flip them inside out and open my palm and out fucking falls a pincher bug <gasps> fuck that why? How did it get all the way up there without me noticing? Oh, that is just, that's disgusting. The only thing I can think of, though, is that, like, either because it was raining and I was wearing my PJs outside, that, like, on the way in, somehow I picked up a hitchhiker. Yeah. And he, like, crawled up my pant legs during the five minutes I was talking to Lee, and that's how it got so <gasps> I'm high. I'm itchy now. <laughs> <laughs> is it on you? Yes. Or, this is the only other scenario I can think of, but it doesn't make any sense, is that the thing crawled up from the drain that I was sitting in the sink. That'd be really fast. Yeah, and it would have to get past my knee, which it's, like, tighter at my knee, right? Because yeah. I'm, like, all balled up. It fucking pinched you, though? It pinched me. This is, like, the third time. I didn't know they actually pinched. Oh, hell yeah, they did. Which I realized they have these giant pinchers on the back. But you know how, like, sometimes they, like, you know, fucking maybe their antenna. I don't know, <laughs> but... <laughs> That's what they actually... It's just for show, for yeah, a predator thing. Yeah, it's just for looks. No, no, no. 
This is like the third time I've been pinched. We have so many fucking pincher bugs and spiders at, like on our property at our house. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That is terrifying. They hurt when they bite. They and then I was doing the same thing like all fucking night long. I couldn't get comfy. Oh, that's awful. Yep. Goddamn. Goddamn. I go first? Yes, you do. Alrighty. So this week's story. Lay it on me. Is actually a really fucked up story. So heads up. It sucks. I read it initially and i was like i'm not doing this story because i don't know how we can make it any kind of funny i will do my best (laughs) yeah so we need you to like lighten the load here because it's a little intense all right but then i I could just have been doing one of those things where like i have an overactive imagination and when i read shit i'm like no like that's the worst thing ever and then i reread it and i'm like i mean it's terrible but (laughs) and then you read it one more time and you're like eh (laughs) <laughs> that's so be my neighbor this thing is desensitizing us yeah but um eventually i came back to it and i was like but that's a really good story all right okay I'm so ready for it. so this week's story is about the hi-fi murders all right tell me about it so this happened in ogden utah uh-huh. in 1974 on april 22nd okay so six unknown men drive in two vans to a home audio store that's called the hi-fi shop and it was right before closing time. So that's where the hi-fi comes in. It's the name of the store. Mm-hmm. Thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> hey, no problem. Right away, answer the first question. I'm here to answer questions. Boom. <laughs> like a boss. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> okay, so three men three men enter the shop with guns, and they begin robbing the place. And they said six men went. But three men stayed behind in the cars because they took two vans. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't know why there's so many fucking people, but... Yeah, why are there so many people in the getaway? I don't know. And two vans. My God. They were going to steal some shit. Three people. You only need one more person in the getaway. Yeah. Well, they had two vans, so... I guess. Like, two more people. That one person just... What's the third guy doing back there? Twiddling his thumbs. Yeah, like, oh, he's probably going to help load. Yeah, probably. Maybe. We'll see. I'm ready. So two employees were working at the store that night. Mm-hmm. Stanley Walker, who was 20, mm-hmm. and he had worked there for like three years or something. So he was like the experienced one. And then Michelle Ansley, who was 18, and she was new on the job. I think she'd only been there for like a month or something. So she was still learning. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. So it really sucks. Just wait. <laughs> one of the men takes the two workers hostage and takes them into the store's basement and ties them up. And then the other two men begin loading the vans with the stolen merch. So he takes them at gunpoint and they're like, and he's like, get in the fucking basement. Yeah. Ties them up. They start stealing the shit. And while this robbery is taking place, 16-year-old Byron, there's a lot of names in the story. So I tried to keep it short and keep relationships instead of names. So it's not like any disrespect to the victims. It's just for the sake of me telling a story and everybody listening that I didn't want to throw a thousand names into the mix. (laughs) I feel you. Because even reading it, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. But Go wait, back. who was that, though? Okay, so while the robbery is taking place, 16-year-old, 16-year-old Byron walks into the store, and he was going in to thank Stanley for letting him park his car in the store's parking lot, which I don't, I mean, it's the 70s, so people were a lot nicer, and maybe there's only a couple parking spots, but I guess he had, like, parked there to go run some errands, and he was coming in to be like, sweet, thanks for letting me do that. All right. Bad timing, Byron. Yeah. So he's taken hostage and tied up in the basement with the other two workers. Do you think he got down there and he's like, fucking thanks a lot, Stanley. <laughs> God damn it, Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, so later Stanley's father and Byron's mother Aww. Yep, shows up to the shop because they're concerned because their kids haven't come home. So he walks in and also Byron's mother. They didn't like walk in together. I'm just generalizing here. Okay. Eventually, they both walk in looking for their kids, and they're taken hostage and tied up in the basement as well. So now there's five hostages in the basement, and one of the robbers tells another robber to grab something from the van, and that guy returns with a bottle in a brown paper bag. And just so you know, there's two, like, bad guys in the basement, and then there's one guy up there, like, ransacking the place and loading shit up. Well, then the other three in the van, I'm sure they're helping too. Yeah. All right. <laughs> But just for the this scenario in the basement, there are two robbers or two bad guys. Okay. He pours liquid into a cup and it's some sort of blue liquid. Mm-hmm. He then instructs Stanley's father to give the blue liquid to the other hostages. But the father refuses. And so they gag him and leave him face down on the basement floor. <sighs> okay. So this is where it gets a little rough. Get ready. I'm ready. 
The two bad guys begin propping up the other four hostages and they force them to drink this liquid and they tell them that it's vodka mi- mixed with sleeping pills. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's Drano. Oh, fuck. And all the victims begin coughing and gasping. And so the bad guys put duct tape over their mouth to force them to swallow the liquid. Oh, no. But the Drano immediately caused burns to the victim's mouth and lips and skin. Like as they were coughing and it was pouring down their face and their neck, it was causing blisters and burns. Oh, God. And so the duct tape didn't stay on because the blisters were oozing. So it was like wet and it kept coming off. I'm so sorry. This is a really bad one. Jesus. This is a really bad one. So Stanley's father, who was face down on the floor, uh, had observed everything that was going on. Well, I mean, like had hurt. I don't know if he was sitting there watching because he was face down. He heard people coughing and choking. Yeah. And he was one of he was the last person to get the Drano. So he let them pour it into his mouth, but he didn't swallow. And instead he mimicked what they were doing. Like he convulsed and he screamed and made like uncomfortable sounds. Yeah. But really it was just like burning the inside of his mouth. He didn't like swallow it or anything. Okay. So the robbers thought that this Drano would be a quick death for everybody. Like he, they thought that oh, if you just drink it, you'll die immediately. But that's not the case. No, it's it like, burns your insides. Yeah. So they were like squirming and screaming and in excruciating pain and they were taking too long to die. So one of the robber guys starts shooting at the victims. He gets like fed up. And so he takes matters into his own hands and he starts shooting uh-huh. at the victims. So first he shoots Byron, the 16-year-old, and then he shoots his mom, both in the back of the head, and he kills the mom immediately, but leaves Byron alive. Like, the the shot didn't kill Byron. God. Yeah. The guy then shoots at Stanley's dad, but misses. What? Yep. And then he shoots and kills Stanley. So this must have happened really fast, right? Like, he shoots at Byron, shoots at his mom, shoots at Stanley's dad, doesn't realize he misses. Shoots Stanley, like maybe he's going down a line or something. Yeah. Then he shoots at Stanley's dad again, realizing that he missed, had missed the first time. And the bullet grazed the back of his dad's head. Like he got hit, but it wasn't like a critical hit. Yeah. So the shooter then grabs Michelle, the 18-year-old female worker that had only been there a month. Mm -hmm. And drags her to the other side of the basement and tells his cohorts in crime to clear out for some time, like give him 30 minutes. God damn it. Yeah, and he forces her to remove her clothes and he brutally rapes her. Fucking hell. This is really bad. Okay, then he lets her use the bathroom under his watch and drags oh, her. Oh, he lets her? Yeah, I guess. What yeah, a guy. I don't, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I don't know. Let's her use the bathroom under his watch and drags her back to where the other hostages were and she was still naked. And he throws her face down on the ground and shot her in the back of the head, killing her. Jesus Christ. Yeah. According to uh, Stanley's dad, who was still alive at the time, she yelled, I'm too young to die right before her murder. Oh, my God. I'm sorry for putting all this in your head. Yeah. Okay. The two robbers then noticed that Stanley's dad is still alive. And the shooter jumped on the dad and attempted to strangle him with a wire, like, uh-huh. or with a cord of some sort. But he failed at it. So obviously frustrated trigger warning okay this is really fucked up this is when i was reading and i was like i'm not doing this one but we're doing it okay you had me at the fucking brutal rape part and then yeah so uh frustrated that he wasn't dying from the drano or the strangulation he inserted a ballpoint pen into his ear and stomped it in (gasps) i'm so sorry for laughing it's because of your reaction it's not appropriate I don't like that at all. (laughs) Are you sweating? I am. I have clammy hands right now. Your face is kind of red. I'm so sorry. I don't feel good. (laughs) Could you imagine? I'm so sorry for laughing. It's only on your reaction, not the actual crime. Oh, shit. Okay. I don't like it. I still don't like it. I don't feel good. I'm sorry. I'll get through it. Okay. It punctured his eardrum and then the pin broke and exited the side of his throat. What? Ugh. Fuck, isn't that fucked up? Oh my god. Oh my god. god. I'm sorry. I read it and I knew I shouldn't do it and then I did it anyway. That is so awful. How did it go that way? I don't need to know. You don't need to know. So, the two robbers then go upstairs and they load the van full of the merchandise and drive away. Wait, well, the two I'm robbers sure- then go upstairs as completely different fucking people. Because that shit would change you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would. And then they go upstairs <laughs> and the other people are like, 
what happened down there? And they're like, fucking dude. And they can't ever take that back. They That's are now actually a really good point. That's like some deep fucking thought process right there. Like you entered that basement as just like an asshole and you left a fucking murderer. Yeah, you left a completely different person. Yeah. Especially the raper stomper guy. Ugh. And the sh- was he the was also person. the shooter. Like, it was just that guy. I don't know <gasps> what the other guy was doing. But, um, yeah, Jesus. so then they go upstairs and help everybody load up, and then they take off. Mm. Gotta get them Walkmans. <laughs> I don't know if they had those then. I don't know. 70s? Nah. Probably not. Three hours later, Stanley's mom and brother come to the store looking for them. The brother hears sounds coming from the basement, and so he goes and breaks down the basement door and tells his mom to call 911. Mm-hmm. That's one scenario that one of the sources says. Another scenario says that somehow Stanley's dad was able to get upstairs and walked outside and collapsed in the parking lot where his wife, Stanley's mom, and brother found him. Jesus. Yeah, so I'm not exactly sure what happened, but basically Stanley's mom and his brother are the two who find this fucking shit show of a disaster horror yeah. story. So what they find downstairs... Obviously, they call 911, and they find that the two workers, Stanley and Michelle, were dead. Byron's mom, the 16-year-old's mom, Mm. was barely alive, but she died on her way to the hospital. Byron wasn't expected to live, but he ended up surviving. Jesus. He was hospitalized for 266 days. Oh, my God. Yeah. So his thing was being shot, right? Yeah, he got shot in the back of the head. Oh, God. He suffered severe brain damage, though. I bet. Yeah. Stanley's dad had extensive burns to his chin and mouth from the Drano, and he had, like, obviously severely damaged ear issues. Like, drum. (laughs) His ear was fucked. Yeah. The police issue a press release, and hours later, a U.S. Air Force employee calls in and says that he was at a bar with a fellow Air Force member, who was named William Andrews, and he's 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And William was bragging about how he was going to rob the hi-fi store one day, and he would kill anyone who got in his way. What the, who the fuck is bragging about that at a bar? Yeah. Or in general. Or in general. A but crazy I, person. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so hours later, there are two teenage boys, and they're dumpster diving, and they come across the victim's wallets and purses, uh-huh. and they recognize them as belonging to the murder the murder victims because of all of the press that was surrounding this so they saw their pictures and then they saw the driver's license and they were like oh shit i found evidence yeah so they call the cops and all the airmen start to gather around this dumpster because there's like a lot of cops and shit and so as the cops are pulling out the evidence one of the cops thinks like oh shit i bet our killer is in this crowd so i'm gonna make him uncomfortable yeah so what he does is he kind of like makes a show of pulling out the evidence like instead of like doing it quietly and putting it away i don't Mm -hmm. know what that means or what he did but like with like fucking an exhibit a her purse i don't know what he did yeah but he it wasn't like a quick one and done they like stuck around and made a show of it and they saw that the majority of the airmen watching were, like, pretty quiet and were silent and just kind of watched what was going on. But there were two men in particular that were very irritated. And they were, like, talking loudly and pacing and, like, waving their arms and really? being erratic. Oh. So those two men who were behaving that way were Dale Pierre, who is 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And he was actually a suspect of a previous murder, but they didn't have any evidence to convict him, so it never went anywhere. And then William Andrews, the guy from the bar who was bragging about he was going to rob this hi-fi shop. Oh, my God. Yeah, so based on their reactions, the police get a search warrant and search their barracks, and they find flyers from the hi-fi shop. Why would you take flyers? I don't know. Why would you do any of this? People are fucking stupid. Yeah, but I mean, like... If you're going to go to a place to steal things to, what, like, resell or do whatever it is that you're going to do. Like, you can't resell flyers. Yeah, but, like, you know, murderers keep fucking trophies and shit from their victims. Like, that's you know, true. the guy with the button and, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Okay. They also find a rental receipt for a storage unit. And so they go search the unit and they find all of the stolen merchandise and half a bottle of fucking Drano. Jesus. And they also find Michelle's underwear. There's Aww. that fucking trophy. So... Both were charged with first-degree murder and aggravated robbery. Yeah. It was revealed that there was another airman involved, and his name was Keith Roberts, 
and he was in the getaway car. Mm-hmm. So he was tried and only charged with armed robbery because he didn't partake in any of the murders. Did he know about them, though? Because that's They're like... saying that, he, like, his claim is that he had no idea that they murdered anybody. Uh-huh. So all three of the men were tried together, and they were all found guilty. Dale Pierre and William Andrews, they were sentenced to death. And then Keith Roberts was imprisoned and paroled in 87. So, like, 13 years later, 10 years later. Yeah. 13? I don't know. Some years later, he gets out on parole. So during the trial, Dale and Williams, they admitted that they had been planning the robbery and the murders, and they actually got the Drano idea from a movie called Magnum Force, where mm. a prostitute is forced to drink the Drano and she dies immediately. So that's where they got the idea that... Well, that's a movie. It's not fucking factual. Fucking right? That's where they got the idea, though, thinking that, like, oh, this will kill them instantly. And so when it took forever, they got pissed and they started shooting. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, also, I'd like to state, because I was getting really confused when they, like, did the ballpoint pen thing. I'm like, why didn't they just shoot them? They ran out of bullets. Oh, my God. So they were shooting, and then and then they had took to so many shots guy. at them and kept fucking missing. So then they were like, I have a better idea. Let's try to strangle them. And then when that didn't work, they were like, I have an even better idea. Oh, none of those were good ideas. No, they're awful. So Stanley's dad was able to testify at the trial. <gasps> okay. So this is where most of the information comes from on what happened. He insisted that there was five to six men involved, not just the three. But no other suspects were found. Wait, not just the three? Not just the three that got convicted. So there's the two robbers and then Keith, the guy who was driving the car. Okay. Yeah. So, but he's insisting like, no, 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 there was at least five or six. There wasn't three men. There wasn't wow. just two men in this shop. Yeah. There so were like more. you got more, you have more people that knew about this. Yeah. But they don't ever find anybody else. So Ugh. just these three men are convicted of this crime. Ugh. Another thing was that like maybe having the pen in his ear affected his memory in some way. So, I mean, maybe there weren't five or six, but I bet there was fucking five or six. Yeah. I feel like when something like that happens, it's seared into your brain. Yeah, especially if the rest of the facts are coming from that, like... Yeah. And they're factual on account of you have the bodies to be like, yep, that happened. This one got hit first. Yeah. Okay, so Byron, the 16-year-old who was in the hospital for 266 days Mm -hmm. or whatever that ended up living, he had severe amnesia from his injuries, and so he couldn't testify. He wasn't, like, well enough to stand trial. So we only have the dad's information. Good for him. To not remember? Yeah. Yeah, like you witnessed your mom's death. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, God, it fucks me up. I don't like this at all. No. Okay, so the actual police report does state that there were six men driving two vans. So, I mean, on paper, it says six men, but... Yeah, but only three again. Three of them never got caught. Yep. Dale, Pierre, and William Andrews, they were the ones, like I said earlier, who actually committed the crime. William, he was the brains behind the whole operation. Mm -hmm. But Dale was the one that was actually doing, like, the shooting and the raping and the killing and the ballpoint stabbing. God. Yeah. And which one was previously convicted of murder? Or not convicted, but yeah. Uh, It was Dale. Yeah. Not convicted, but was suspected. Yeah. Or charged, but not convicted. Exactly. Yep, that was Dale. So Dale was given three death sentences. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. And while guy. in prison, he changed his name over seven times to protect his family. And he settled on Dale Pierre Shelby, which his given name is Dale Shelby Pierre. Wow. Took wow. seven tries to get that, huh? <laughs> Way to throw him off, Dale. What a fucking asshole. Yeah. What an idiot. So he tried to appeal multiple times, obviously, but he ended up dying by lethal injection on August 28th, 1987. Oh, that's a good time to die yeah good it's right before i was born anyway okay so fun fact he gave all of his money that was in his name to william his wow yeah which was 29 dollars. oh good (laughs) 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 andrews is that his name god damn it why did i switch between the last william why do you have two fucking first names (laughs) okay (laughs) two first name have a motherfucker (laughs) get out of here with that william all right uh, William was sentenced to death, which was controversial because he didn't technically or literally murder anybody. Whatever. He planned this shit and then incited murder with his buddy. Yeah, exactly. I guess the only thing that he like physically did to them was he forced the Drano down their mouth. That's attempted murder. Exactly. Anyway, so he died July 30th, 1992 by lethal injection also. 1992? Yep. So he lived a little longer. Keith Roberts got five to life for the robbery. And he paroled after 13 years, which I kind of mentioned earlier. Yeah, he did. 
And that's the Hi-Fi Murders. Well, all right. Isn't that fucked up? That's super fucked up. And thanks for giving me nightmares. Yeah, I've been reading this for days now. So, I mean, now welcome to my head. Yeah. You're never going to look at a ballpoint pen again. The same. God damn it. No, I had almost blocked that out. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't like that one. No, that's awful. I've popped my eardrum before. That shit sucks. Ugh. God. Ugh. Well, Stacy, now that you've sufficiently brought us down. Yep. I'll bring bring us us up further yeah <laughs> oh, okay good i'm ready i'll be here for comedic relief oh good after my 37 cups of coffee it's about frederick heinrich carl oh that's so many names harman oh there my god one more name aka fritz oh my god yeah i like fritz yeah fritz is a good nickname fritz fritz aka the butcher of hanover oh shit the butcher mm-hmm aka the vampire of hanover of course aka the Wolfman. <laughs> okay, I'm beginning to realize that all these werewolf and vampire nicknames are not that unique. No, they're really not. It's just like, was blood involved? Call him a vampire. Yep. <laughs> Did yeah. you drink it? Well, this guy kind of earns it. Okay, I'm ready. Well, he was born in Hanover, Germany, October 25th, 1879. Which oh, shit. Forever I would like ago. to point out. Yeah, forever ago. Like, this is a real old one. But yeah. October 25th is my dad's birthday. What up? Oh, shout out. Yeah, shout birthday out. Birthday buddies. Okay. As a child, he was the youngest kid of six, and his mom, like, super spoiled him. He was, like, the baby of the family, and he was rather effeminate. Uh Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. He played with dolls instead of boy stuff, and he shunned boys. Oh. Yeah. So that's fun for 1800s. Yeah, I'm sure that was really fine. He had excellent behavior in school, but he was a shitty student. Like, he he was not a smart kid, but also... He was really well behaved. <laughs> okay. So, so far he sounds pretty nice. Yeah. But Other than the re- fact that he's going to get the nickname The Butcher later. <laughs> That's later. He had to repeat some grades, though, because he was not a smart kid. Oh. Uh-huh. And then he was molested by one of his teachers. Oh, no. But he doesn't talk about it in detail, so you don't really... Know anything yeah. about it. That's uh, awful. And then at age 16, his first known sexual offenses started. It would be generally with young boys... That he would lure to secluded areas like basements. No. And then he would sexually abuse them. Y'all want popsicles? <laughs> Come on down to my basement. Hope you don't find that twenty strapped to my thighs. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> then he was arrested at 17 for all of that. And he was placed in a mental institution. He got a psychic evaluation and was cert- certified incurably deranged. Oh my gosh. Yeah. In Germany at this time homosexuality was illegal yeah so he was confined to the mental institution indefinitely oh that's got to be a shitty time yeah but then he escaped seven months later okay wow and with help from his mom he fled to zurich switzerland it's always the moms yeah because they're like no you're fine baby i love you so april 1899 16 months later he comes back to hanover and he gets engaged to a lady named erna Oh, he changed his ways. Yeah. Or is that his... For now. Beard. Yeah, it's beard. Okay. But she gets knocked up. So... Oh, so they're really Clearly they were doing it. Yeah. On October 1900, he gets called to do a mandatory military service, which Uh I guess was a thing then. Yeah. Like the draft or like... Yeah, like that. Okay. He would later describe this time in the military as being the happiest of his life, which... Oh, really? Yeah. I would like to point out that that's not the first murderer that I've heard that from. Oh, really? That they enjoyed? That yeah. Maybe the structure and, like, the planned days and everything made Probably. them feel... Like, get some, like, organized and shit for their fucked up brains. Yeah, maybe. Ooh. Okay. But his uh, commanding officer people said that he was an excellent soldier and marksman as well. So he was, like, oh. doing really good. Yeah. Crushing uh, it in the military. Yeah. But then he began suffering from dizzy spells and he collapsed while he was exercising. Oh, no. Yeah, so he was deemed unsuitable for military service and work. Oh, no. So then he was dismissed July 1902, so it was only two years later. Oh, okay. So then he went to go to work for his dad, and some disagreements with his dad led to lawsuits between the two of them, where they're, like, suing each other over shit. Oh. Yeah, and so then his dad was like, you need to be reevaluated by a psychiatrist or whatever, and so... Oh, shit. He did. And they said that he was morally inferior, but not mentally unstable. I guess that just means that he has, his moral compass is fucked up. Shitty morals. Yeah. Check. So he opened a fishmongery with his fiance, 
who was pregnant with yes. his child. This is fucking two years later. What happened to the first kid? Oh, that's weird. First yeah. child? Oh. Yeah. She got pregnant, and then he went to the military, and then two years later, he was fucking dismissed or whatever. And it's the same lady? Yeah, it's the same lady. And then she's pregnant again now when they're opening this fishmongery. Right. What happened to the first kid? Because it never mentions the first kid. Weird. And also... Maybe it's because it's from, like, the 1800s, so the story's kind of mixed up. Could be. Yeah. So they got in a fight, and he accuses her of having an affair, and so she ends the engagement and then <gasps> terminates the pregnancy. The business of the fishmongery was mm-hmm. in her name, so she Ooh, was just like, get got the fuck out of here. Later, loser. Yeah, and so he did. Oh, good. For the next ten years, he was a thief, a burglar, and a con artist. Whoa, really took a turn, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, way to go, right? Consequently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He spent the majority of 1905 to 1912 in jail. Yeah. And then in 1913, he was arrested for burglary, and he was sentenced to five years. Oh, shit. World War One started in 1914, and they had a shortage of people, so they allowed him to work as long as he came back to prison on in the evening. Listen, we'll let you out. Yeah. Just but then you have, have to promise to come back. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. Yeah. But listen. All right. He, he did it. That's what happened. And he came back. And he came back. He's like, I come back because I don't want to lose my privilege. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then he was released in 1918 and he went right back into his life of crime. Goddamn. But also he became an informant for the police. Ooh. Yeah. That took an interesting turn. Yeah. So he would like have people steal shit and then he'd be like, hey man, you can keep it at my, one of my houses or whatever, like one of my places of residence. And they would. And then he would tell the police. And then the police would raid it and arrest the people that were keeping the shit there or whatever. But, oh. like, to keep himself cool on the streets, he would get arrested, too. Just, uh, like, fake you know, arrest? Yeah, for show. Oh, shit. Yeah. So then the police, like, really liked this guy. So, like, he's super trustworthy. <laughs> oh, God. Really playing the part. Yeah. But also he was gay, which was illegal. Yeah. And apparently it was punishable by imprisonment. Oh, shit. But it was cool because the police liked him. So here's a little quick cap of the murders. Between 1918, which is when he was released from jail, to 1924, he was known to have committed 24 murders. Oh. And he was suspected of at least 27. Holy shit. Yes. Wait, how many years was that? I'm sorry. Mm, six. Okay. They were all males. They were aged between 10 and 22 years old. Okay. The majority of them were in their mid to late teens. Ugh. He would lure them to one of his three residences under the guise of... Popsicles. Like, <laughs> no. Having work for them or actually kind of popsicles. Accommodation. So like room and board. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, or a citizen's arrest because he was an informant. A citizen's arrest? Yeah. He'd be like... You're doing bad things. Most of his uh, citizens' arrests, because he would hang out at, like, a train station all the time. Mm-hmm. And so most of his citizens... Oh. Why can't I say citizens? It's hard. Most of his citizens' arrests were... <laughs> it's hard with arrests. <laughs> say something silly like wasps' nests. <laughs> most of those cases were when people would travel on forged documents. So he would generally feed them and or drink them he wouldn't drink them he would give them food and or drink (laughs) he would bite into their adam's apple while strangling them what oh yeah what no Uh (sighs) uh-huh yeah (sighs) howie (laughs) freaks me out but he called it a love bite (laughs) what would he like smash it like a gusher (laughs) well yeah sometimes he would bite all the way through yuck Uh how why how well with his teeth (laughs) yuck The bite would often cause the victims to die of asphyxiation because he'd be crushing it. But on several occasions, he bit all the way through the Adam's apple and the trachea. Oh, my toes are curled. Yeah. So all of his victims were dismembered, and most were thrown into the... I should have Googled how to say it, but I didn't. Yeah. The Lean River? Ooh, that's... See, you say these like, oh, I'm about to say this really hard word, and I expect it to be like eight syllables, and then it's like one. Well, yeah, but there's a lot of letters in it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I just faked a sound yeah, <laughs> out of my a, mouth. It's probably supposed to be more syllables. It's <laughs> L-E-I-N-E. All of his victims were dismembered. Most were thrown into the river. Whatever, river. <laughs> the first, however, was buried after being dismembered. Oy. And then the last one was thrown into a different lake. Okay. 
Clearly he had a process, though. Oh, as yeah. As they normally do. Yeah. So the personal belongings of the victims were kept for either personal use by Fritz and his lover. Terrible idea. Hans Granz. Oh, yeah. His name rhymes. In my head, it probably doesn't in real life. <laughs> <laughs> or they were sold on the black market. Or they were sold to legitimate retailers. Or they were given as gifts to his friends. Oh, yeah. This is bad. Like a coat went to his landlady and oh, God. like a suitcase to fucking someone else. Like they... Who, why does his landlady need like a 13-year-old's coat? Maybe she fit into it. So after his arrest, rumors had circulated that the flesh of his victims had been sold as pork and or horse meat. No, 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 no. On the black market. Yeah. Why are you buying pork on the black market? I don't know if that was illegal in Germany. Pork? In, in 19-something. <laughs> well, I mean, homosexuality was illegal and punishable by fucking imprisonment. So yeah. who knows what else is illegal. Okay. At any rate, he often participated in the contraband meat trade, which is, yeah, that's a thing, apparently. Okay, uh, contraband. And his meat was always boneless, diced, and often sold as mince. So, oh, been, no, no, people. no. <gasps> oh, my God, that's awful. Yeah. Well, also, those were rumors, and there was no evidence of it. And after <sighs> his arrest and stuff, they, like, tested all of the meat in his house, and everything was not human when asked where he got his meat he said from a butcher named carl carl yeah just misbehaving all around germany (laughs) (laughs) he's selling meat to random people Mm -hmm. so he had obviously a lot of victims i'm not going to name them all because that would take forever that would take forever but (laughs) i'll give you the ones that are a little bit different than the usual accounts okay so the first victim was Friedel Roth. He was 17 years old and last seen with Fritz. His family told the cops that he was last seen with Fritz. Uh-huh. Which, by the way, he's like 40 at this point. Oh, yeah. I'd be concerned if my 17-year-old was hanging out with a 40-year-old. Yeah. The cops raid Fritz's single-room apartment, and they find him with a naked 13-year-old boy. I know. Yeah. And they charge him with sexual assault and battery, and he's sentenced to nine months in jail. Oh, God. Um, what are the odds, though, that they're, like, looking for that 17-year-old boy and then find somebody else? Yeah. It's not good. So he avoided his jail time. They were just like, yeah, he just put it off for a while until 1920. How it's, do you do that? I don't know. Which was, like, two years later, right? But whatever. He would later state, after he was arrested, that the head of that guy that they were looking for was wrapped in newspaper and hidden behind the stove. No, 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 no. When they had searched that apartment. No. Yeah. But they didn't find it? Nope. Oh, God. Nope. They, like, went in, bust in. There was a naked boy, and they were like, that's gay. <laughs> Let's take care of this first. <laughs> yeah. And oh, my they did. God. Why he wrapped it in newspaper? Yeah. Well, that's, that's how you package meat. Sometimes. And then they put it behind the stove? Like brown paper. Or I don't know how he got it behind the stove. That was the part that I was like, did he pull the stove out? Was it sticking out from the wall? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, this is a weird spot for a stove. Like we're behind. He met Hans Granz. <laughs> <laughs> I like to say his name. He was 18 years old at the time, and he saw Fritz and knew that he was gay and was like, I'm a prostitute to that guy because he was kind of like living on the streets and stuff. Oh, okay and my offer my services yeah he was straight but he went to him anyway and was like yeah, yo you like what money. you see fritz was like hell yeah and <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> he states that he saw hans as like a son but mm. also they engaged in like sexy time okay so not like a son so like a <laughs> sexy sexy son ew don't ever say those <laughs> words they became lovers and partners in crime they moved to an apartment in a densely populated old house, which... Uh, what? Uh, it was like a single room, I'm assuming, in a house. So, like, a lot of people coming and going. Okay. Alongside this uh, lean river. Oh, perfect place to throw your bodies. Yeah. In July 1921. And he murders just a fucking shit ton of people. With... That's not a quote. (laughs) (laughs) With the help of his new lover. Mm -hmm. One of the people that he murdered, he brought home and Hans and two girls were home. And one of the girls was Hans's female lover. Uh Uh-huh. But one of the girls said that Hans whispered to them, he's going to get stomped on tonight. What does that mean? I don't know. But that's fucking incriminating (laughs) later, right? Yeah. Um, 
but the next day when they came back, they were told that the kid had traveled to Hamburg. So I'm sure like, he didn't. Yeah, exactly. He murdered, like, or they murdered, like, four people in that apartment that they were in. With everybody else living around them? Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. June 1923, he moved into a single-room attic apartment, which, uh-huh. again, are you just fucking renting a house with a shit ton of people? Yeah, that's weird. Is that just a thing? People still do it today. I know. <laughs> and we're like, what? Why would you want to live with somebody else? Don't live with strangers. Yeah. It's dangerous. Because you could live with a fucking murderer. Who's murdering people in your attic. Yeah. <laughs> Two weeks later, a son of the neighbor goes missing. He was a 13-year-old boy named Ernst. No. His school cap and suspenders were found in Fritz's apartment after he was arrested. Oh, God. So this is kind of his M.O. Two months after that, an 18-year-old boy named Heinrich goes missing, and his belongings were found in Fritz's apartment. Uh-huh. And that was just kind of what happened. Like, a yeah. lot of people, a lot of names, they're all young, and... They go missing, and he keeps shit from them. Yeah, they go missing. Nobody finds them at the time or anything, but later, after he's arrested, they find a shit ton of people's belongings oh, in his apartment. God. There was one victim in November 1923. It was a 17-year-old named Adolf Hanapel. Mm-hmm. He was seen by several witnesses sitting on a trunk in the train station that Fritz was often at. Yeah. Um, the witnesses positively ID'd Hans and Fritz together with Hans pointing at Adolf oh, and God. being like, hey, that guy. I'm or like, him. I don't know what he said, but like pointing at him and then them going up and approaching the guy and then going them all entering a cafe together. Oh, gosh. Fritz later admits to dismembering Adolf. Ah. <sighs> But denies killing him. He said it was Hans and another criminal acquaintance named Hugo who... Why are so many people willing to do this? Right? Like, he came (laughs) into the apartment and supposedly the kid was already dead laying on his bed. And Hans and Hugo were there and they were like, he's one of yours. And Fritz is like, no, he's not. But whatever, I guess. Like, you hooligans. I guess I'll dismember this body. Oh, my God. So he did. I still can't get over the fact that, like, more than one person did this multiple times and every no one stopped each other. Yeah. Actually, I talked to Brandon about that today. And he's like, well, it's a violence in numbers. You don't want to be that one guy that's like, hey, guys, that's oh, not okay. Like, Ugh. that's not cool because then they're just going to, like, talk shit and make fun of you. Yeah, that's way better than killing somebody. That's what I thought. I don't like it at all. But it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. So he dismembered that body, but Hans denies that happens and the remains were never found. It was just that... The witness accounts uh, placed Hans and Fritz with him, and so... And then Fritz was like, I cut him up? Yeah. Like he admitted to that? Well, I'm sure he's in that river. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. So no charges were actually filed with that. Ugh. But a 17-year-old traveling salesman named Fritz... <laughs> oh, there's two Fritzes? Yeah, same, same. He's like, ah, oh, that's my name. Yeah, come on in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fritz later stated... The murderer, Fritz, okay. later stated that he killed him because Hans wanted his suit. Oh. Yeah. So you could just be like, where'd you get that? Right. I'm going to get that. Maybe suits were hard to come by in that day and age. <laughs> right. Weren't they tailored? I have so many questions. <laughs> well, he was also a 17-year-old. Maybe they had the same body type. Maybe. And like I said, there were a shit ton more victims, but most of them were that kind of MO. Yeah. Same scenario. Yeah, nobody found them. Like, they were just missing people, and then afterward, they found their clothes and stuff. Ugh, because so clearly he did it. Yeah. Yeah. So then, May 17th, 1924, there were two kids playing by the river, and they find a skull. Bom, 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 bom. God, again, I feel so bad for these kids who are finding body parts and shit. Oh my god, I don't. Are you kidding me? That's some stand-by-me shit right there. Nope. Still, shit'll fuck you up. Oh yeah, it'll fuck you up. But also... Like a skull, too, of all things. Like a foot, you could be like, whoa, that's crazy. But like someone's head? I don't... I mean, it didn't have any meat on it. Just the skull. Yeah. There were apparent knife wounds on the skull. So police thought that the skull might have been discarded by grave robbers. Oh. Or a prank from medical students. That is a terrible prank. Yeah. So they were just like, it's fine. What? Yeah. (laughs) Different times. I'm not going to look into that. (laughs) No. Done here. <laughs> Different time. <laughs> Wrap this up. Yeah, we thought the 70s were a weird place. <laughs> so then two weeks after that, they find another skull near the first skull. Like, not not near it, but also near it. In the river? Yeah. It was by a mill or behind a mill. Oy. 
Yeah. Oh, my God. So then they're like, all right, something's fishy. <laughs> yeah, something's fishy with this river. And so it was another male aged 18 to 20-ish. Ugh. And then shortly after that, two boys were playing in a field and found a sack containing numerous human bones. Oh, God. Yeah. I I'll think s- that would be worse to find. Than a head? Yeah, than a, a skull on a bank of a river. They're all awful to me. So then two more skulls are found on June 13th, and... One was on the banks of that river, and another one was close to a mill in West Hanover. Mm-hmm. They, they finally examined the skulls and decide that they were removed from the vertebra with a sharp instrument. Ah, see? Mm-hmm. Knew yep. it. One was a male in his late teens, and one was a male aged 18 to 13. Oh, God. That's so sad. One bore evidence of being scalped. Oh! Yeah. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. So then, for over a year before the discoveries, there were rumors about missing boys in Hanover, and the finding all these skulls and shit, the rumors perked back up more, and people are like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. And apparently there were 600 teenage boys and young men missing from Hanover in 1923 alone. Uh, uh, that's so many. That's so fucking many. That's so many. So. That's like almost to a day. Yeah. If he's doing all the murdering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure some are just missing by nature. Yeah, I'm sure that they are, but also, Jesus Christ. God, that's a crazy... Don't go there. No. In uh, June 8th, hundreds of residents searched the banks of the river to be like, what the fuck, man? And Why like, do skulls keep showing yeah. up? Apparently the police weren't doing like a good enough job to them, so then they went and searched the banks of the river. Yeah. And they found more human bones. They gave Ugh. them to the police. So the police were finally like, all right. We'll- I guess we'll do something. Yeah. We'll drag the river. So they do that and they find 500 more bones. Holy and shit. And sections of bodies. Oh my gosh. A lot of them had knife striations on them. Oh God. There were confirmed at least 22 separate humans within those Oh bones. my. Can you imagine piecing that puzzle together? Fucking right. That's awful. 30% of them were males aged 15 to 20. They were all males, but 30% of them were aged 15 to 20. Oh, okay. So they started to suspect Fritz, who was already known to the police for being gay, and he had 15 previous convictions for various offenses of child molestation and sexual assault and Jesus battery. Jesus Christ, what is wrong with people? Yeah. Like, why? Why did it take this many times? Yeah. Like, you just kept letting him back out? Like, oh, it's fine. This old Fritz. Oh, it's just Fritz being Fritz. Yeah, he's just fritzing around. <laughs> <laughs> so they began surveillance on him June 18th, 1924. And then June 22nd, he was seen by some undercover police at the train station that he always frequented. Scoping out his victims? Yeah. He was arguing with a 15-year-old boy named Carl. Oh, oh, there's so many Carls. I know. They're, they're German. That's why I named my dog Carl. It's with a K because yeah. he's part German. <laughs> okay. He goes up and he asks the police to arrest him for traveling with forged documents. And then the kid was like, nah, I've been living with this guy for like four days. Oh. And he raped me at knife point a couple of times. Oh, shit. Like, the fuck, right? He got lucky to go back out in public then. Yeah. So then Fritz was arrested for a sexual assault the following morning. The m- following morning? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Then his apartment was searched, and the floors, walls, and bedding were, like, excessively bloodstained. Oh, my God. He tried to say it was because of his contraband meat that he was trading. Oh, oh God. This is where that rumor comes in that it was human meat. Exactly. Neighbors said they saw a bunch of teenage boys coming in and out they've seen a bunch come but not leave other neighbors said that they saw him leaving with sacks and like concealed bags and whatever Uh, full of bodies yeah in like the late evening and early morning perfect time to take out your bodies two former tenants went and told police that they had followed him when he did that one time oh shit and that would be us yeah i know right and saw him dump it in the river. Oh, I wonder who did all those murders and murdering. They, that's it. Like, oh, yeah, we followed him one time. We saw him dump sacks in the river. Because this wasn't admitted until after he was arrested. The fuck? Yeah. The fuck? You should alert police to that way sooner. Although, they don't seem to be very responsive, so. And that's true. But also, like, you're suspicious enough to follow him because you're like, that's suspicious. I'm going to follow him. Oh, he's dumping it in a river. I'm good. All right, now I guess I'll leave Now my curiosity has been quenched. He's probably just feeding the fish. Yeah, Literally. with a fucking sack. A body 
parts. Feed it to the fishes. So all the items that were found in his apartment that belonged to young men were put on display at the police station so that parents of the missing kids could come in and claim or identify Oh, that's so sad. That's the saddest thing ever. Yeah. To be like, that's my son's school cap. Mm-hmm. He tried to say that this evidence that they're using at the police station was circumstantial because of his activity in trading and some of the items being had been left by lovers. Ugh. So the turning point in the case was June 29th when clothes, boots, and keys belonging to an 18-year-old named Robert were found in his apartment and a skull that was also identified to be Robert oh, God. was found. So then they're like, it's not circumstantial anymore. Yeah. We've matched yeah. Yeah, fucking you killed have him. to yeah. a skull. Yeah, exactly. A friend of Robert said that he had seen his friend with a police officer identified as Fritz. Uh, see, there you go. And boom, that boom, was, and boom. Yeah, and that was something that Fritz would do, would be like impersonate a police officer. So when they confronted him about all of this, he couldn't lie his way out of it, and so he broke down and was like, all right, you got me. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> and then in his confession, he stated he never meant to kill anyone, but in the heat of passion, he would be seized by an irresistible urge to bite the Adam's apple. Oh, God, that's so weird. Don't do that. Yeah. He also insisted that he found the act of dismemberment extremely unpleasant and would be ill for days following and would be ill for days afterward. Like the first murder, he said that he was ill for eight days following that. I have so many issues with that, though. Like, okay, first of all, I don't believe you no matter what. But, well, I'm sure you don't feel good, but you're an asshole. Mm -hmm. So don't try to make any excuses. But I really didn't want to dismember them. Yeah, like I could kind of see that for like one or two, but like 24 fucking victims yeah. or however many. Yeah. This was your goddamn routine. Yeah. But the passion in the moment was, quote, stronger than the horror of the cutting and the chopping. Uh, so yeah. he was really getting like a high off of this shit. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. He said that it would take up to two days to complete dismemberment. Oh, my God. And he said that he would smash the skulls to take... Okay, it goes into a lot of detail. I'm not going to. But you can find a lot of detail on, like, how he dismembers the body, like, where he cuts them by the joints and stuff. And this is all his account of, like, how he would dismember them. And then he would, like, take out their insides and fucking put a towel in there to soak up blood. Like, it was intense. It was gross. I just kind of went into detail when I said I wasn't gonna. <laughs> but. Well, I mean, it's kind of interesting, but also super gross. But also super gross. That's probably where he got the butcher name from. Yeah. But he would smash their skulls to get their brains out. To, Ugh. like, not to do anything with, but, like, just, just to, to, like, empty them? Yeah, to empty out the skulls. Why do you need to empty it? I don't know. He would take all of the meat off the fucking flesh and stuff, too. He scalped them. Yeah, he would skin them. It was gross. Oh. So then I'm assuming the skulls that were found were crushed also? Nope. So the intact skulls that they found, he's saying they couldn't have been his because he's he crushed his skulls. But also, what? like, maybe he's lying. Yeah. He's well, I mean, pff, shit, he's pretty trustworthy, though. Yeah, you, you know, I'd trust him. He would also only confess to murders that they had evidence against him yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, if they're like, okay, listen, we found this guy's fucking coat in your apartment, he'd be like, all right, this is how I killed him, or whatever. But other than that, he'd just be like, nope, I didn't do that. And I guess they were showing him pictures of the kids or whatever and being like, "Uh, do you recognize this guy? And he'd just be like, nope, nope. But then some of them, he'd be like, I'm sure that I killed him, but I don't recognize him. Oh, my God, well, because he did so many. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of when you were saying that he was, like, recounting how he did it and what he did or, like, when he admitted to certain ones but not others. I'm like, how the fuck do you keep tabs on that shit? Right? Yeah. Like, no, no, no. That's not my type. Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't have gone for that guy. Yeah. He was asked how many victims he had killed, and he said between 50 and 70. Oh, God. Hans Granz was also arrested and charged with accessory to murder. Yup. Yep. It's a good plan. Yeah. Fritz was found competent to stand trial, and the trial was one of the first major media events in Germany. Ooh. They said it was the most revolting case in German criminal history. Oh, God. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> the trial lasted for two weeks. Fritz was found guilty of 24 of 27 murders. Oh, shit. The three that he was acquitted from were, like, the 
circumstantial or whatever where it was they never found a body or any evidence but he was like no i totally dismembered that guy but also like i didn't kill him and hans hans did it Uh, and hans was like i didn't kill him fritz did it so they couldn't say who killed him so they both got acquitted of it god you know when you have 24 already you might as well just be like sure yeah right whatever so before his sentencing he said, condemn me to death. I ask only for justice. I am not mad. Make it short. Make it soon. Deliver me from this life, which is a torment. I will not petition for mercy, nor will I appeal. I want to pass just one more merry night in my cell with coffee, cheese, and cigars, after which I will curse my father and go to my execution as if it were a wedding. Huh. Yeah. Okay, so then he was sentenced to beheading. So then Hans oh was found guilty of incitement to murder... And he was also sentenced to beheading. He was found guilty of accessory to murder and sentenced to 12 years in prison. So he didn't get the beheading charge? He got them both. Oh, oh he okay. He was also found guilty of accessory okay, to murder. both of them. Sorry. Got it. So then Fritz made no appeal saying that his death would atone for his crimes and that were he at liberty, he would likely kill again. Of course, I'm sure. 24 is a lot. 27, whatever. A 70 is a lot. 70, yeah. <laughs> Hans, however, lodged an appeal but was denied. Uh Uh-huh. Good. So then Fritz's last meal was an expensive cigar to smoke and Brazilian coffee. And cheese? No, no cheese. Oh, didn't he say in his little quote he wanted cheese? Yeah, but he didn't get it. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) April 15th, 1925, he was beheaded by guillotine. Ugh! And his last words were, I am guilty, gentlemen, but hard though it may be, I want to die as a man. And then when he put his head down on the thingy, he said, I repent, but I do not fear death. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. After his death, a letter was found from him claiming Hans's innocence, and that granted Hans a second trial. Oh, shit. Yeah. So then Hans got two 12-year sentences for aiding and abetting Fritz in the, like, two murders or whatever Uh that he could be connected to. Yeah. And after the first 12 years, he was, this is a weird thing extra legally interned in a concentration camp oh shit because the second world war started oh god (laughs) yeah so then following world war ii he was fucking liberated or whatever and lived in hanover until he died in 1975 oh my god what a weird ass life yeah that took a weird turn yeah (laughs) that's crazy all right well very interesting yeah wait when did he die 1975 Wow, that's pretty recent. Yeah. I wonder if he, like, changed his ways or whatever. You know, like, was he a nicer person the rest yeah, of I his don't know. life? Like, did he get married? Did he have kids? Did the kids know? Yeah, like, he had some shit go down. He did was he... an awful person with an awful person, and then he went through a concentration camp. Yeah. Which is awful people doing awful things to him. Yeah. Like, did he come out and he's like, I'm going to be nice now. I'm going to reform. I don't want that to happen again. Yeah. I don't know. God damn. Well, that was a lovely story. Both of our stories were really deep and dark. I know that that's a thing here, but like, wow. Sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. Well, another amazing episode, Erin. It's always a pleasure. Thanks a lot, Stacey, for ruining my nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyway, if you enjoyed our podcast, keep listening. Yep, do that. Tell your friends. Make everybody else listen. Yeah, and tweet at us and tell us that you like it. And if you leave us a review on iTunes, screenshot that bad boy and email it to us at isgdpodcast at gmail.com. And if you send us your mailing address, we'll send you some stickers and stuff. Yay, you guys should do that. Follow us on Twitter at isgdpodcast. Or go to our website, isgdpodcast.com. Yeah, go there. I started putting pictures and stuff up for for our episodes. I put a couple pictures and then the link to listen from your browser if you're interested. Yeah. Yeah. You can put some faces to names. Exactly. But come talk to us. Let us know that you are enjoying the podcast or if there's a topic you want us to cover or if you want to give us any input on some past crimes that we've talked about. Yeah. If, like, you have an opinion We'll totally share it. Yeah, for sure. Or if you have anything that we fucked up, let us know and we'll fix it. Wait, I do have something. Oh, what? Katie, my (laughs) boss, Uh (laughs) called me out. Uh, In a past episode, I talk about a movie and I called it 12 Honest Men. And it's actually 12 Angry Men. It's close. Listen, there's a lot of movies with that kind of (laughs) name. Yeah. Yeah, so my bad if anybody was yelling at their 
listening devices, I deeply apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. We're already (laughs) better people because of it. Yes, exactly. Better-ish. Yeah. I'm actually worse off for this podcast. Different. Yeah. Definitely different. (laughs) Definitely different. We come out different people every night we leave here. Every night. Okay, we love you. We'll talk to you next week. Deuces. Later. And if you're all caught up on our podcast, stick around for this promo from one of our favorites. The podcast that dares to ask the question What keeps you awake at night? Maybe it's the media reporting that sea levels are rising globally. Does your brain swirl with fears fueled by horror stories? When you hear that we're having among the worst flu season in a decade and it hasn't peaked yet. Because we all know how I feel about that. Then you've come to the right place. Things that keep me up at night. A brand new podcast for you kindred spirits out there who cope with real life horror with a top notch sense of humor. Join us on this journey of education and commiseration as we try to scare the shit out of each other every Friday. From cults to pandemics to government conspiracies, we get elbow deep in the gritty stuff, laughing all the way down the rabbit hole. You can join the madness by tuning in anywhere you find podcasts and get updates on the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at TTK Meetup. You can also visit our website for future surprises and contact info at TTKMeetup.com. But just a disclaimer. I don't want to be blamed if you cannot get to sleep tonight.